so the easiest way to um, step your, you know, kind of dip your toe into um, psychological flexibility is I would say, take a cold shower. Like, and I don't mean like just not, I don't mean lukewarm. I mean, take a cold shower for 30 seconds. Um, and it's uncomfortable, but just like all yeah. the difficult feelings, you, you have to be able to function. And once you can get used to and still function, it's a very uh, rudimentary kind of way. But I think that's your kind of your first step is being, again, mindful of those, you know, difficult feelings that you're going through and being able to still function at a high level. And there's a host of other, obviously, positive benefits from cold showers. But um, I would say that's one very easy way that everyone can kind of step their foot into psychological flexibility. It's just To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we are speaking with Keegan Hadley. He is a doctor of occupational therapy, a psychiatric and neurological clinical researcher, a best-selling author. The book is Torn, Overcoming the Psychological Challenges Post-ACL Injury. Could you please introduce yourself, Keegan, and let people know just a little more about you, please? Hey, Ed, thanks. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So I'm a, um, a clinician who specializes um, pretty specifically on athletes or uh, weekend warriors who have, um, you know, endured a physical injury. And due to that injury, they are um, trying to overcome a number of psychological challenges as well. So typically those athletes are either ACL patients or Achilles injuries um, patients, so. Well, you know, there's a lot of people with injuries out there. And the thing that I wanna really touch today on is the psychological aspect of overcoming that injury, regardless if it's a sports injury or a work injury or just an injury out playing around there are definite psychological devastations that can occur because of these simple injuries. Mm -hmm. Could you talk to us about what it felt like the first time you found out, I might not be able to do what I used to do? Yeah, um, it's, it's a very uh, difficult situation because many times, so I played football for, um, approaching two decades and when you know so it's it's a majority of my life uh, so I was a football player if someone asked me what I do what you know I, I am a football player just how you when you meet someone you one of the next things you usually ask is well what do you what do you do so 
when, when you're injured like that, and that's how you identify as an athlete generally, and that's kind of taken away from you, it's extremely difficult. It can affect your confidence, self-esteem, and obviously your self-identity. So um, g- going through that without any kind of guardrails in place where you, you have the coping mechanisms in place to deal with that kind of stress without your sport, because m- many times athletes like myself um, we use our sport as a coping mechanism. So if that's that's taken away, you usually resort to um, definitely not as healthy coping mechanisms. So I'm, I, you know, I, I work through those issues with my clients and walk with them through the difficulty since I, I've, I've torn both of mine and I had a number of things that transpired after the fact that um, made it very pertinent for me to develop these kind of uh, psychological skills. Yeah, it's interesting. I resonate with that well, because I had an injury that took me out, basically, and it was later in life. So I really felt dead, you know, and that's the concept of dead in America. And that that feeling can really take you down this dark tunnel. I know I had suicidal ideation for a while there and I did not recognize why I just knew that I didn't like what was going on in my head and especially my body Mm -hmm. I felt lost uh when we come across a situation that form later in life I don't think it's as devastating but maybe maybe I'm wrong you you seem to be younger and you have had these injuries Mm -hmm. overcoming that and learning to do new things Mm -hmm. take us through that journey yeah so what happened after um so my first my first injury was in college i'll just kind of give you some context you understand um uh a a little bit a little bit more about my story i guess so my, my first injury was in college i was just kind of um, uh, coming onto my own as, as far as really getting used to the college football uh, game, really starting to make a lot of plays on defense. And I tore my left ACL in fall camp. Um, and then kind of fast forward, a number of other things happened. I won't uh, go through all that. But then I was able to sign an agent later in my career. Um, and I was um, on a small arena football team. Um, and I got the opportunity via my agent to try out for um, one of the Canadian football league teams as a kind of a private tryout in um, Ohio. So I went up there and was able to compete against some larger school kids and last rep of one-on-ones, um, I tore my right ACL. Now this kind of speaks into what, what happened after that because my whole life up until that point, I mean, I went to school and I knew eventually it would end, but it never feels like it will. Um, so at that point, I, I really had to take a step back and you know, figure out who, who am I? I remember coming home because I didn't have surgery till I got back home. So I had to travel on the, um, you know, through the airports and stuff like that with an ACL. And it just had a lot, of, a lot more time than I probably wanted to think about, you know, who am I? How am I going to overcome this? And unfortunately, um, I'd love to say I had it all figured out by the time I got home, but um, I just continued to, it, it kind of destroyed my life in a way. I started to make really poor um, relationship decisions. I started abusing substances and that culminated in me, um, getting in a relationship with who I would find out would be a very severe alcoholic. And due to that relationship, I went through a lot of emotional abuse 
uh, much like yourself, I went through a, a time where I was suicidal as well. So that's actually what led me to realize, you know, I, I had to make a change in my life. Otherwise, I was really going to end up in a place I didn't want to be. So I, I started going to uh, therapy. And that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But once I found a therapeutic medium that helped me, um, I really started to, you know, get get out of that dark place. And then it really allowed me to be able to look into what I've experienced and what I'm most passionate about. And, and how can I how can I still live a life, you know, worth living um, after being an athlete, because that, that was my whole life. And um, it, it's hard to find those things. But generally, if, if you look through your life, one thing I will say is that whatever has caused you the most pain um, in your life generally is what you're most passionate about. So a lot of people try to um, stay away from especially this day and age, you know, you, you don't want to feel bad. You don't want to feel anxious. You don't want to feel that sadness from your past. But if you dig deep into those things, you're, you're likely going to find something that you're very passionate about. And although it might not be, you know, me suiting up on Saturdays or Sundays, um, I still find a lot of um, passion and pleasure help, helping others get out of places or in situations that I was previously in. I think that's really key, changing your perception. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding there is something different out there that you can excel at and finding the passion around what you are trying to do. I found podcasting and it has actually helped change me dramatically. I've refound who I am. And yes, there is a life after a destructive injury. It's hard to get out of that for many people. Mm -hmm. And how how long did that take for you? So as far as getting out of the slump, um, I was probably in a quote unquote slump for roughly year and a half, uh, two years. And since that point, when I started to climb out, it's been roughly four um, roughly four years. So it's, uh, I won't claim I'm, you know, uh, perfect or anything like that. All any, any, anytime you're going through <laughs> those kinds of things, um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a daily grind. I mean, I'm, I'm still on the, you know, road to being who I want to be. So, I mean, wherever you're at in life, I mean, just realize there's really no end goal. You can just go in the direction that, you know, you're meant to be pulled in. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does to me you know, the, the concept that we have to do what we're told or what we're trained to do, that, that really weighs heavy on, especially a man's mind, I, I believe, you know, I can't speak for a female, but uh, I really tend to think that we use our muscle and our brawn a lot more in a sense of being who we are, our manlyhood. And I felt stripped from that because I, I instantly went, how am I going to protect my wife? How mm -hmm. am I going to make a living? And all of these things that strip away our sense of who we are, our being, that's a challenge. It's a struggle and it's very difficult. I, I'm, I'm very uh what shocked that it it happened that quickly for you you know mm -hmm. in my case it happened and it took me a good five 
to eight years to even start coming out of the anger of losing what I had. So maybe that's different for different people. And I, I wonder how much of our past relevance is mixed in and intertwined with our recovery process because of the mental aspect of it. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. Everyone goes through, even in my very specific niche, um, all my clients are, are going through things. Yes, it's the same. Um, from a 10,000 foot overview, it's, it's all the same. But when, when you get into the details and what's really affecting them the most and, you know, uh, are they bouncing back from this at the same speed or maybe quicker, maybe slower? Everything's a little, um, everyone's different. I mean, we're all humans, but there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, differences as far as how we react to things, how we bounce back from things and things of that nature. Now, I, I notice you use ACT. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a good technique and they have the six pillars. Uh, yep. Could you all go over that uh, and how often you use that mm-hmm. in your practice? Yep. Uh, so I, I use it. Um, every session that's that's my main um, it's what helped me the most and I think in my um, humble opinion it's the most conducive to athletes Uh, but there's a lot of literature on athletic performance and um, uh, like entrepreneurialism and and those kinds of things linked to act Um, so I'm very I'm a very big proponent of that just because of my struggles with CBT Um, when, when I started going to therapy I struggled for quite a while because I'm one of those people who, um, for example, if you say, you know, you, you really need to challenge that thought or try, you know, do your best not to think my, my persistent, you know, negative thought was I am broken. I, I've struggled with mental illness a long time. And that was only compounded by, you know, my physical injuries and then the emotional abuse. So I, I, I am broken was a persistent negative uh, fuse thought that I have. So one of the main thing that helped me was the diffusion of acceptance and commitment therapy, which is one of the six pillars um, Ed just spoke of. Um, yeah, so I mean, there, there's six different pillars. There's, there's acceptance, diffusion, mindfulness, self as a context, uh, purposeful action, and um, values. So I can, I can speak to any of the, one of those specifically, but that's, that's the main um, intervention I use. Yeah, so, you know, really it's about the acceptance that I'm I'm really fascinated about accepting what is inevitable, you know, just accepting who you are, accepting mm-hmm. what is. The acceptance is big. And I, I think just letting go of everything, it reminds me of the serenity prayer. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Alcoholics Anonymous, they, they'll be very familiar with it. Uh, but the the ability to let go if you can't change something that that is big but yeah and how it, do we start that so the, the hardest part is many times when people think about acceptance especially in you know the context of mental health it's it's actually a little different than what people think. So when you, when you think of uh, just first gut reaction, when you think of acceptance and mental health, um, it was always my perception, especially just when I got into ACT and started going to my own therapy, was 
you know, kind of stand in the corner and uh, deal with what you've, you know, accept what happened to you. And that, that couldn't be um, farther from the case when it comes to ACT. So with ACT, you're actually evaluating um, what happened to you and learning from it. So it's, it's not just, um, yeah, you, you do have to let some things go. You can't perseverate on them, but it, it's, it's, it's more than that, actually. You have to take what happened to you, you know, the situations I put myself in, um, and, and learn from those traumatic experiences and, and take what you can from it moving forward. And that'll, you know, help shape your values and, and everything else. It kind of all snowballs once you can get through the acceptance piece. But getting through that is very hard and being able not to, um, especially, um, again, this day and age, a lot of people point fingers and stuff like that. And uh, is with any relationship and stuff like that. Yes, it's, um, there's, it takes two. But you, you do have to, there's a tendency to just point fingers and um, not, not really take accountability for your part in that. So uh, until someone can do that, um, it, it's, it's very challenging to move forward. Yes, in anything in our life. I, I found once it, it took an injury for me to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's very detrimental in many ways i think we need to actually mm -hmm. introduce this more into society that mm -hmm. you know it is it is something that you can change and all it takes is for you to identify what's happening inside and a lot of us don't want to face no. what's happening because it can get dirty and dark oh, and yeah. it yep. can bring up some disgusting things yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Like I said, um, it, it's the common, it's a common sentiment, I guess, um, that, you know, you, you should always feel good. Uh, but that's not really part of the human condition. I mean, yeah, if you have a loved one pass away, I mean, you, you'd be kind of a, um, a very disturbed individual if you were not upset by that. Um, and things of that nature. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's part of living life, you have to be able to take the inevitable challenges and struggles and difficult times and be able to overcome them. But, but one of the biggest things I think that's contributing to people not adopting this stuff, especially in the athlete population or the business, um, business-minded individuals is just because it's seen as um, almost weakness, um, which, I, which I could understand being an athlete, a football player, you know, mental health wasn't exactly on the top of our mind. Um, uh, but I, I think if we're able to reframe it from athletic performance, you know, making better um, uh, decisions in stressful situations and those kinds of things, which they have a lot of literature on, um, you know, that, that being the case. So I think if we can almost repackage it to where it's because everything right now is, um, you know, do more, get, get more done, be more productive. But I mean, I think if we can kind of package psychological flexibility in a way that will add on top of that, um, I, I think it would be very, very uh, beneficial for the, the wider population. I think that's something very important also. If we could find a way where, especially the male mind can accept, we, we all have mental health, you know, and it's very important to maintain that. And if we're not aware of some of this mental health issues that can creep in it can devastate us so how how can we introduce this to a male mind especially in the athletics that 
it's important to understand and maintain our mental health. Yeah, it kind of, again, it, vary, it varies by person, which is why I, I hate to, um, my, my book is, is more of a 10,000 foot overview on how to do this. It's not as much a, a how-to book. And it was, it was very difficult for me to have that be the case because I like steps. I like, hey, do this, then do that because I, yeah. I, I would tend to do it how I did it and that might not work for you or it might not work for Sally down the street. And, you know, um, but the, the easiest way, um, I, I'm a writer, so I love to write. Uh, it makes my view on things a little different since that's, that's one thing I really utilize and pull from because I have a very busy mind and getting it all out on paper or on, um, you know, digitally is, is very helpful for me. But one thing that's extremely um, useful is again, we all go through difficult emotions, no, no matter who you are, no matter how tough you think you are, there, there is difficult emotions. And you have to be able to deal with those to, in order to function at a certain level. So the easiest way to um, step your, you know, kind of dip your toe into um, psychological flexibility is I would say take a cold shower. Like, and I don't mean like just not, I don't mean lukewarm, I mean, take a cold shower for 30 seconds. Um, and it's uncomfortable. But just like all yeah. the difficult feelings, you, you have to be able to function. And once you can get used to and still function, it's a very uh, rudimentary kind of way. But I think that's your kind of your first step is being, again, mindful of those, you know, difficult feelings that you're going through and it, being able to still function at a high level. And there's a host of other, obviously, positive benefits from cold showers. But um, I would say that's one very easy way that everyone can kind of step their foot into psychological flexibility. It's just being able to have a, again, I, I progress that I only take cold showers now, but uh, start with, you know, wow. 20, 30, 20, 30 seconds. Um, and then, you know, have a warm shower right after it, but just learn how to deal with those difficult feelings it is something that we're kind of, again, pushed away from, like you should never have difficult emotions, but it's, it's part of the human condition to have those. So it's, that's one thing I can't stress enough is being able to function when they do occur because it is inevitable. So. Yeah, that's some of the emotional strength that like Navy SEALs go through yep. and that endurance period that they have to overcome in their mind. Yep. It's big. And once you figure out that you can do that, mm -hmm. you're a changed person. You're stronger, not only emotionally but you're stronger physically because you you can work on on things a little harder mm -hmm. and you know that you can complete what you've started mm -hmm. that's big yep. so what got you into this type of work you you went to college was this your major in the beginning and you wanted to be a occupational therapist or were you flung into it per se so i knew in undergrad again when i was kind of um just focusing on football mostly I, I knew that i wanted to be in the medical field just due to my background with um mental health struggles since i was in high school and then also my physical injuries i was with physical therapists you know um in all kinds of trainers and sports uh sport exercise physiologists and, and those kinds of things. I knew I wanted to be in there, but I wasn't really sure 
what I wanted to do, uh, because those are two very different tracks, you know, becoming a psychologist or becoming a physical therapist are both obviously very different. So I was able to find um, occupational therapy um, due to a very close friend. Unfortunately, a, a um, teammate of mine had a stroke when he was 25. Um, and the individual who taught them how to, who taught him how to walk again, uh, was an occupational therapist. Um, and I, I had never really heard of it or looked into it before, but occupational therapy treats, you know, the, the whole person. It's a very holistic approach. It's not just, you know, the muscles and the range of motion stuff, which I won't say, I mean, it's very, very important. I won't say that, or it's not just the mind, like a psychologist where we treat people holistically, which is very important to do, especially with, um, my the, the injuries I treat people with like an ACL injury because it's very it's both you can't just get them stronger and you can't just work on their mind because their confidence is tied into what they're unsure that they can do physically so I mean every, everything's overlapping so I, I found it to be the perfect um, mix of what I wanted to do in the future because I was very tailored into it it's my passion to work with individuals who have gone through these kinds of injuries because I relate to them I might not know where they grew up, you know, how, how many siblings they have, but I, but I know at least a part of them. I know they've went through, you know, X, Y, and Z. I know they have struggled. Um, so when I watch sports now, um, I, I kind of gravitate toward, um, you know, rooting for those individuals. Like I, I, I despise with, you know, my entire being the Golden State Warriors, but I absolutely love, <laughs> I love Clay Thompson. So, I mean, it, it's, um, yeah, it's one, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, the love-hate relationship that you can have with what you do also, you know, it changes from day to day at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, there's there's hard parts as well, because I'm having to relive what I went through on a, on a day, daily yes. basis, because I, in order to connect and build rapport with these clients, you can't just be a guy, you know, sitting on the other side of the screen like we are, who, you know, has never struggled. I have to you know, tell them stories about, you know, me jumping out of a moving car or me, you know, uh, whatever the case may be on struggling, you know, mentally or struggling with the rehabilitation process or, you know, re-tearing um, or, you know, the kinesiophobia, their fear of re-injury. That's one of the hugest uh, things is yes. once you have one of these, once you have one of these things, it becomes a, oh, I do not want this to happen again. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, you, you have to connect with them, which means you have to relive your issues over and over. So it's interesting you say that, uh, Keegan, because when my first major injury, I popped both of my left uh, ankle bones and right there at the ankle. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to have. Uh, athletic surgeon orthopedic surgeon who was working for the uh utah jazz he yeah. reconstructed my ankle but he told me going in you might just come out if i have to cut this thing off you know that was psychological torture going into it and then when i came out of it the first thing I did was I looked down is my foot there and thank God this man was talented enough to reconstruct but that fear of re-injury 
I've I've not let that go still to this day. And even after injuring myself again, uh, crushing my back, now I'm even more cautious. And after each injury and the age, mm -hmm. it really does psychologically affect your exercise level yep. because I, I find myself I don't do the things that I used to do and I, I long to do those and I'd love to figure out how to mm -hmm. eliminate that because I think that's a key blocker for a lot of people right there yep. that yep. re-injury yep I couldn't agree more and, and one thing that um, I, again I have the utmost uh, respect for any uh, rehabilitation professionals, but there, there are certain things that you want. Um, when, when someone trains, like in my, I'm just speaking to my experience. I, I've hurt my ankle, but I don't, I don't have as much experience treating people specifically for that, even though a lot of my workouts may, um, <laughs> may, may, may work on ankle things as well. So I, what, what I will say is it's very difficult for, um, someone who has not gone through what you're trying to overcome to help you because they, they don't know how it feels. They just, yes. Hey, you need a, you know, in your case, you need to strengthen your um, anterior tibialis muscle, your calves and, you know, every, all the musculature around your injury to accommodate for your weekend joint. But the thing is a lot of people go the path of, well, you don't, you, you really don't want to hurt your ankle again, Ed. So you, you really can't do this, that, or the other thing. But I mean, it's just like if you wanted a stronger biceps, would your plan really be to avoid stressing your biceps at all costs? I mean, that that just doesn't from a, um, you know, common sense perspective that that doesn't that's not that's not going to work. So there, there seems to be a bit of a um, misconception on how you actually have to recover from these things. And, and that that uh, that's a problem I'm going through because I'm told constantly by uh, my physicians that I'm going to need total knee replacements, like yeah. soon, just based on the damage that I've went through. And I actually, I feel better now than I ever have. So I just kind of keep my mouth shut. I need my, I need my medication. So, you know, I'm not going to argue with them, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one yeah. of those things where there, there's, there seems to be the, the medical community is a little behind as far what what can actually be done through exercise because yes the, I'm not going to downplay the surgeons I could never do what the surgeons do or you know what some of the physicians do but the, the most important part of that is the rehabilitation process physically and again emotionally where you can make up all that ground because yeah they fixed you but if you just avoid it it's kind of the you know you don't use it you lose it kind of thing so I mean that's that's where you gain a bunch of ground or you continue to kind of slowly decline so yeah, so uh, they they recommend like AFO use, mm -hmm. and you know sometimes that makes my whole ankle and foot and leg feel even worse, especially on cold days because that plastic up in, yeah. against. So so I I think you're right. I think the medical is out of touch with the physical therapy part mm -hmm. they just say go get physical therapy but they don't really think about it yeah in, in the detail that they should yeah and i i just think there, there's more 
again, I have the utmost respect for all, all of those professions, but it's that there's, um, there's a lot more that we can do to, yes. Am I going to have you do something crazy hard on your ankle the first day or even, you know, the first three months? No, but I mean, you can slowly build back up to where you were. It's that, that's my true belief with slow calculated, um, you know, training. It, it's it's easy to do. I, I love helping people with joint stuff, but that's that's my that's my belief. And you don't have to solve everything through avoidance or surgery. I mean, that's just uh, based on the act. I, I have a very hard time believing that's the best way to deal with these things. So, yeah, yeah uh, I I really I'm in line with that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have a call to action for our listeners today? Yeah, I, I set up um, a free download for my book, Torn, on um, Kindle for your listeners. And I'm hoping, you know, they uh, take the opportunity to read it. And I, I want to reiterate that it's not necessarily, I, I'm very happy about the name, but I'm also, I feel a little keyholed by the name because it's Torn, Overcoming the Psychological Challenges Post-ACL Injury. Well, this this is essentially about me struggling with my mental health and physical disorder uh, simultaneously and how ACT could have helped me in various situations throughout my life. So um, I think it's a, you know, it's a good read if you're, if you're into sports or ever wondered kind of what it's like to go through a a ACL injury. Um, You know, I think, I think it'd be a good, good read. I also have on my website, if they're interested in learning more about ACT, I have a free diffusion guide. If you click on the book tab of my um, website and you, uh, put your email in, you get a free diffusion guide. So it takes you through a free exercise on what diffusion looks like in in my practice. So I'd be happy to have any discussions with them if they have any questions, but they can take a look at those things. Yeah. I really like your website. Also the blog, it has a lot of different articles on this subject matter and, it's full of information for people. So thank you for, you know, doing that for people. We need more people in the world sharing with people. People helping people mm-hmm. will make the world a lot better place. So how can people get a hold of you? And if they want to purchase the book, mm-hmm. how can they purchase the book? Yep. So I sell uh, everything through Amazon presently that that will change in the near future. But um, but right now, Amazon is the best place to find my book torn. Um, If you want to get a hold of me, I'm very active on uh, LinkedIn. If you're a more business minded person or Instagram, or those are kind of my two major uh, social medias at, at the ACL therapist. Keegan, what you're doing is very important. And I thank you for doing that. And more so, thank you for being here today, sharing the story with us on the Dead America podcast. Thank you so much, Ed. Hope to uh, collaborate again in the future. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.